Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. We're excited that you joined us today. We've got another powerful and life-changing message to encourage you and bless you in your walk with Christ. Let's get right into it, and I'll get back with you shortly. How many of you came to worship this morning? You really came to worship? How many of you came to be contributors and not just consumers? Let me see. Do you know this, though? Sometimes the only thing you have to contribute is a broken heart. And many times when we're going through the darkest seasons of life, as Pastor Steve said, we show up to get because we believe the lie that I have to dress up my heart before I give it to him. heart just the way it looks he wants your brokenness he doesn't want you to clean up before you come to him he doesn't want you to get happy before you come to him if 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 your worship your worship this week might look like a dance but your worship next week might look like snot bubbles and ugly crying and that's okay We've been going through the past couple of weeks and talking about the presence of God. I tell you what, you guys can sit down for just a few minutes, but not long. Don't unlace your shoes. Don't leave and don't sit back. Stay on the edge of your seat. Because I think God wants to do something very, very special here this morning. But I do believe that many of you need the faith to believe that he can do something. And we know where faith comes from, right? It comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Bible says in Psalms 34, 18, that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. And he saves the crushed in spirit. So we're talking about the presence of God. And and we all know that God is omnipresent, right? He is everywhere all the time. Anybody see him in anything this morning? I've seen him in a bunch of stuff this morning. Last night, I I was, uh, we hadn't been home long. And my therapy is usually burning something. Any of you other guys like to burn stuff? How many of you women like to burn stuff? Can we just break stereotypes right now? I see you, Mel. Yeah. So me and Filter are in the back. I think we torched all kinds of things. Nothing like diesel fuel. I'm just going to tell you. I know it's expensive. But I was riding the four-wheeler from the back of the farm to the front of the farm, and I came around the corner. And um, Justice One of my sons and my wife, Caitlin, they were leaning up against the back of my truck and they were both just doing this. And I sat there and I just kind of watched them for a minute. And I'm like, what are y'all doing? And they said, we're gazing. (laughs) They were just looking up, just in awe of God. He is everywhere all the time. When the wind blows and the trees begin to bow, 
There he is. But you know, for the believer, we have this special indwelling of the Holy Spirit that is inside of us. There's two ways scripture describes God's presence, but yet there is a third way. And that's what we've been talking about. About the manifest presence of God. Another way of saying it is this, the felt presence of God. Another way is saying it like this, the special presence of God. That he shows up in a geographical location in a very special way. And and guess what, guys? It touches your emotions. But yet it's not emotionalism. It's emotions that come because of something very real, something tangible, something that touches you. Scripture says that God inhabits the praises of his people, that we can enter his courts with enter his yeah, and enter his courts with praise. We enter his gates with thanksgiving. We enter his courts with praise. So we even see scripturally where we can come in almost like levels of his presence. We get into the gates with thanksgiving, but we get into his courts with praise. But yet there's another way we experience the felt presence of God. The Bible says that the the haughty or the prideful, they know him from afar. Last week we talked a little bit about how pride is really the antithesis of the presence of God as his arch enemy because where pride is, God usually doesn't move. If there is a secret formula, if, and that's a big if, if there was a secret formula to revival, it's literally to get as low as we can to the ground and just scream, God, I need you. The Lord is near. This is not a metaphor. Some of us have metaphorized things. That's not a word I know. That were meant to be taken literal. We've de-supernaturalized a supernatural God who wants a relationship with us. Guess what? He really walked in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve in the garden. Guess what? He really showed up like a burning bush. Guess what? A hand really came down from heaven and wrote on the walls. Guess what? It was real fire that came. It's a real God who wants a real relationship with us. And I challenge you to put your faith And what scripture says, that he wants you to experience him. To, guess what? Feel him. A feeling that is based off of truth. That the veil literally was torn. We can't read our Bible without seeing Somebody who is completely unworthy, completely screwed up, getting to experience the tangible presence of God. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted, 
And he saves the crushed in spirit. Well, there's your formula. You want to feel the nearness of the Lord. God, I'm brokenhearted. Y'all, this has been a rough few days at Bethel Church. Some of you know, some of you don't know. I'll give you some info, but a lot of it's not my story to tell, so I'm not going to tell it. But we, my heart's broken, so y'all have to just get over it. Y'all ain't got to get over it. Y'all love me, I know. But right here where these flowers are, this is where Sister Faye Rose has sat, sat since the beginning of this church. Now, it wasn't always in this spot because we've moved around. But man, I never came into church or got ready to preach where she didn't grab my hand when I was walking by and just tell me she loved me. She never complained about my skinny jeans or my wide leg jeans or my holy jeans. She literally just always told me how proud she was of me and she loved on me. One time, she put on a pair of red Nikes because our church was going through a lot of change and we needed some people in that generation who understood that change was necessary that could help bridge the gap. She got on the stage with a microphone and she said, yo, yo, yo. <laughs> but we buried her yesterday, celebrated her going to heaven. Today at four, we're going to be Celebrating the life of Miss Rich, who is uh, Miss Sharon Holder. That's Pastor Steve's wife, for those of you who are new. He was just up here a minute ago. Um, it's her mother. She's also been a big part of our church. She's been coming for the last several years because she stayed with Miss Sharon a lot. And I, and I want to say this in every service. You know, what an example to have. Miss Sharon has given the last three and a half years of her life taking care of her mother. Honor your father and your mother and your days shall be long upon the earth. Or scripture says, honor your father and mother and it shall go well with you. We don't quit honoring mom and dad when we get out from underneath their jurisdiction. Honor is a permanent principle. And so I, I'm just so grateful for her example. Um, and then many of you know also um, Greg Walker's father passed away. Maurice Thompson's father passed away. Um, Miss Teresa Gardner, she, she, she had another stroke last, last night and she's at Duke. And um, a lot of you know also too that... that uh, Pastor Blake and Sarah, um, their, their two twin boys, Callan and Lofton, were born at 20 weeks old, and they uh, have already graduated to heaven. So, Lord, you must be close. You must be here. You must be near. Because you said that you are near to the brokenhearted. And you save the crushed in spirit. Yes. 
So when all you have to give God is a broken heart, it's good enough. The gospel is not about bringing God wholeness. It's about bringing Him brokenness. And many of you were taught to quit crying, to suck it up, and get over it. And I want to just go ahead and release you from that right now. That's not biblical. The Bible actually tells us to, to cry with those that cry. It's okay to cry. You ain't got to be tough. It still hurts. It still hurts me. Not as much as it hurts you, but it still hurts. That there's something so beautiful about the tears of the saints that Scripture also tells us that God takes our tears and he puts them in a bottle. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Other than I know this, that in that culture, bottles weren't easy to come by. And so he would take a precious vessel, something very expensive, something very uncommon, and he would just, he treasures our tears. At the beginning of the year, I, kept having this recurring dream I was having a very difficult time sleeping anybody else yep come on get your hand up if you're having a hard time sleeping look please can you keep it up look around the room okay let's put that away for a minute I started having a recurring dream and I was walking up a hill and I had this big load on my back, but it was like, it wasn't square on my back. It was kind of off to the side so that it was really difficult to carry. And I would trudge up this hill and I'd get to the top and Jesus would be standing at the top of the hill and he would just take my burden and he would give me one that was easier to carry. And then I would wake up. I'd go back to sleep and have the dream again. I'd wake up, go back to sleep, have the dream again. Driving down the road, daydreaming, guess what? Same dream. Some of us, our skulls are a little thicker than others and it takes us a while to learn. I've told y'all before, it takes me three services to get the sermon. Jesus said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. So there's a difference between laboring and being heavy laden. I think we see this. The burden of labor is the burden of self-sufficiency. It's the burden of striving, of trying to earn what Scripture says is freely given to us. It's working ourselves mindless, numbing ourselves with striving and toiling, somehow trying to find affirmation because maybe we didn't ever get it. 
many of you this morning, you, you brought in the burden of labor. Now, it's not work because work is not part of the curse, y'all. Adam and Eve worked before sin came into the world. So sorry, don't quit your job. But labor, it's just self, you were never designed to be able to carry this burden by yourself. You weren't designed to be able to do this alone. We were designed to cast our cares upon the Lord and to link up with our brother or our sister in Christ and go through this life together. He said, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, laden, heavy laden. I think when you look at that, what it means is this. It means that it's the burdens that we accumulate just by walking through this life. It's not if the wind comes, it's when the wind comes. So he's saying, bring your self-sufficiency. Bring the burdens of this life to me and I will give you rest. I'll give you physical rest. Because you know he cares about you physically. He'll give you mental rest, but more importantly, he will give you spiritual rest. Some of you have carried around the burden of works-based salvation for too long. And this morning, he is telling you, it's time to lay your trophies. It's time to lay your failures at his feet and receive what he has given to you freely. I'll give you rest. Take my, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, wait a minute. I just want to know what a yoke is. What's a yoke? A yoke is something that you fasten to an animal and then to a piece of equipment. But more importantly, in that culture, what they would do is they would yoke animals together. They would take an older animal and they, that was seasoned, that was mature, that had been through some stuff and they would yoke them to a younger animal who was inexperienced. And they found that that was absolutely positively the best way to train the younger animal was instead of beating them with a whip, just yoke them up with somebody who's been through it before, somebody who has been touched by this world. So he says, if you're, you're carrying the burden of labor, if you're carrying the burden of heavy laden, it come to me and I'll put my yoke upon you. And then guess what? You'll learn from me. For I am, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Can I tell you something? How do I know if I'm yoked up with the Lord? This is how you know if you're yoked up. Your life is characterized by gentleness and humility. In a culture where harshness and aggressiveness and pride is idolized, I know that's 100% counterculture. And you guys know, I tell you this every week, I'm not preaching at anybody. I'm preaching to myself 
and y'all have to listen. But if your life is characterized by harshness and pride, it's time to give your burdens to Jesus. To take his yoke upon you and learn from him. He says, I'm gentle and lowly in heart. He said, you'll find rest for your souls. For my burden is My, my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. How many of you would like something easier than the way you're doing it right now? Anybody? Yeah? How many of you would like something lighter than the burden you're carrying right now? If I could raise both feet and not fall, I would. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light it is time to quit trying to carry it yourself it's not working for you you know it the person next to you knows it The people in your house, they also know it. Just ask them. Your kids, they know it. It's time to cast your cares upon the Lord. You don't have to get it together before you approach him. He is close to those that are brokenhearted. I want you to stand up with me. Can you just be honest with them for a minute? I realize many of you might have never done that before. You might have thought you had to like talk in a special churchies to appease God. But can you really, can you close your eyes right now and can you just tell them how you really feel right now? Just be honest with them out loud. Just tell them, say, Lord, I'm, if you're struggling, say, I'm struggling. If your heart is broken, say, Lord, my heart is broken. we approach you in in a posture of humility this morning we know your word is true it always is that you're close to the broken hearted that you saved the crushed in spirit that we can bring our burdens to you and receive something that's much lighter and much easier in return I'm going to ask you if you'll do this just as an act of faith. If you're ready to just trade your burden for his, will you step out of your seat and just come down here to this altar and give it to him right now? Come on. Yeah. Just come on. As an act, is that just an act of faith? You can do it in your seat if you want to. You can walk to the back of the room and give it to him if you want to. But come on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just give it to him. 
there's a promise that he's going to meet us here. And you don't have to do anything. Just bring him your broken heart. Anybody else? If you enjoyed today's message, we want to encourage you to join our Facebook online community. Search for Bethel Church Online for more great content from our pastors and leaders here at Bethel. Join us next week for another inspiring message.